All right. Hey. What's up? We're back. Hey, here we are. We made it. Yep. Just uh, spent the day filming. A little bit of frustrations trying to get this thing to even record. So hopefully this isn't in stereo. Hopefully it's in mono. It's coming out evenly on both speakers. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but the, I mean, I guess the cause of this was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right, got a new MacBook, first MacBook ever. Sometimes you gotta upgrade and uh, and and get to that that nice that nice laptop life. Get clear video for your online trading clients. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think this is a good lesson too. Is what does everyone automatically think? Like, oh, I just can't do any of this stuff because I don't have all that fancy equipment or whatever, you know. And it's like, man, I recorded with some of the top podcasters in the world on some shitty laptop with a $50 mic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Like if your excuse is like, I hear, I hear people talk about that all the time. Like business owners where they're like, Oh yeah, I don't have a good camera though. I, I gotta get my, I gotta get like, wait to film all this stuff. So I get a good camera. I'm like, dude, you realize that like a lot of people have gotten famous just on like their phone, their phone. Ty Lopez is, is a really good example of like, you don't need professional equipment. You just need to get going and do it. And so like it's it all comes back to the, that's like the mindset thing. It's like or or like excuses for yourself, right? It all comes back to that. Like at, at the end of the day, you have to eliminate the excuses and work with what you have. Yep. You know? It's like that's just like the same with the fitness stuff that we've been talking about too. It's like, oh, I can't work out right now because I don't have optimal equipment. It's like, yeah. well, you gotta learn how to op- operate in a suboptimal environment then. Yeah. Like that's the idea. Well, and also it's like the same thing goes with with the audio equipment and the fitness equipment. If you if your content isn't good, it doesn't matter what equipment you have. Mm-hmm. Same thing. If you don't know what you're doing and how to work out, it doesn't matter if you have all the equipment. So, like, focus on what matters and like developing the you know, the principles and all that stuff, and use whatever you have there. And then, because like people probably see this setup like. I mean, this is an expensive setup right here, mm-hmm. you know, now, <laughs> yeah. now, but that was after not like if we would have waited until we got, we were able to get this setup, this would be podcast one. Well, we would have never made the money to be able to afford <laughs> yeah. to buy stuff. Like you got exactly. Like, I always like the stories of the guys who like train out of the parks and out of their, out of like all the places that start as gyms out of their garage and stuff. Cause it's like, that's how you earn enough money to start to scale up. You don't need an investor. You don't need to get like go on a Kickstarter and make a million bucks to get started. Like you need a bootstrap just like we have. This is what we've done is like we started with low level equipment. And as we've made more money, we've reinvested money into our business to make it better. Right. We didn't just not start because we didn't have everything we needed. And that's also a good point, too, is like, you know, don't cash out all your money all the time. You've got to be willing if you're building a business or, you know, in anything, you got to be willing to invest in yourself. You know, if you're trying to get your fitness better, you've got to continually try to invest in new equipment or different things that are going to help you. Not that equipment is the end all be all, but like, yeah, bar, getting a barbell might help you. Yeah. Investing in food. Exactly. You, you've got to try to invest in the things that are going to take you to that next level. And that's where I'm always willing to invest in myself, willing to invest in the business. So through education, through equipment like you know i'm not saying like oh i have to have a macbook a lot you know it's like i don't need the brand new macbook i ran mine to the ground to where the keyboard and the mouse or the the um slider no longer worked i'm like okay it's time to reinvest and have good equipment to make my life easy for for being successful and so that's how i always look at it too is like 
is what I'm buying going to set me up for success and make make me better at what I'm doing? And Save you if, time, maybe? Exactly, exactly. If it's yes, then yeah. If you have a computer that's always shutting down and breaking and it's like you can't get anything done on it, then you're wasting time and that time is valuable. So over time, right. you have to think about that as like, the cost, the cost of, of not having something that's functional and working, you know, it's like having a safe vehicle. If you're always breaking down on the way to work and you can't get to work and you're going to get fired because you're, cause your car doesn't make, get you there, then you need to find a new mode of transportation. Even if you have to invest in it. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. And that's exactly that's investing in yourself. Yeah. So, and, and which we're always willing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But no, that was just a, a good point I wanted to make. Um, because I hear that all the time, but one thing, you know, we're big on is obviously mindset and and that type of thing. And, and a big part of that has come from just reading books. And, uh, I think it would be cool more often, you know, to just kind of almost like book report it, you know, like, like whatever you're reading, just kind of give a review. But well, that goes along with the same thing we're talking about is like, everything like we're always willing to invest in ourselves like i got a big stack of books in my closet and i've got you know now i'm i'm subscribed to audible and i'll buy audiobooks because it's like when it comes to information it's like i spent a lot of money on my degree why would i not spend you know 10 15 bucks on a book every month to try and improve other areas of my life like this, it just doesn't make any sense if you, Dude, if you don't do it someone hit me the other day they're like how much is it? Like the like they asked me about this book, and then their next question was, "How much is it?" I was like, "Dude, I don't know, ten and twenty dollars, somewhere in between there." Like, yeah, it's always like the most twenty five. Like, I was about to be it? like, "Bro, if like I'll buy it for you, dude, if it's that big a deal." Like, a college course is gonna Jesus. on this stuff is gonna be thou- multi thousands of dollars. So you may as well just start start somewhere with the low the low uh, entry point. Yeah, and and that's why uh, you know Ramit said the. Mm-hmm. So his big rule and one that I've tried to follow is like, he's like, if a, a book even remotely sounds like it could help me in some way, he's like, I'll buy it. I don't even think twice mm-hmm. because the downside is you're out max 20 bucks. Yeah. The upside is it literally changes your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So he's like, dude, I don't care. Like I'll, I'll risk $20. Wasn't he the one that always, also he talked about, um, like, starting books and quitting them. Like if, if it doesn't start to vibe with them, someone, someone, Tim Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Someone I know is like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, they'll read a ton of books or they'll start a ton of books, but if it doesn't vibe with you, it doesn't vibe with you. It's like you lost 20 bucks. Oh, well, not being like strict about it. Exactly. The ROI could be like, you know, you'd rather not waste your time reading a book. That's not going to resonate with you. Move on to the next book. Cause there's so many good books out there. Like you said, 15 to $25, 10 to $25, for an investment into something that could substantially change your life financially, mentally, emotionally, relationship wise, I think it's definitely worth it. Absolutely. And you know, the, this book that I just read, uh, I think is one of those. And it, it is also true. Sometimes I'll find myself and I'm trying hard not to do that with this one, but like there's so much information in a book, but if you literally put it down and don't do anything with it, was it a waste of your time almost? I think it, it shifts your thinking a bit, but there's like steps that you got to take to put the stuff into action. Yeah. And that's the big thing about this book is it's called the how of happiness. And basically it's like got quizzes for you to take hmm. to test your happiness level. Yeah. And then it's also going to test like 
what happiness activities would suit you best. Yeah. But then you got to put together the plan to put those happiness activities into play. Yep. So um, I thought that was cool, you know, because I was like, shoot, I better take the quiz. Yep. And then the thought is kind of like what we do with our mindset is like program is like you test your happiness level here. You do the happiness activities for four weeks, test it again, continuously retest and just see how it's changed or if it has changed at all. Nice. Um, but a couple of things that I learned and I can go through, we can go through all the happiness activities. But one thing that I thought was interesting was it talked about, it seemed like the main thing with, with happiness and keeping your happiness levels up there in these activities was less about, um, consistency. Well, less about frequency, more about, um, keeping them fresh. So this is a difference that I was starting to think about was like, I was always into like writing down gratitude every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's the same. Yeah. This is saying that if you only reflected on Sundays, but made it like five things and you really took some time and, and you know, or you did find a new way to do it every Sunday that the study showed that those people had a more lasting, mm. it, it lasted on them. That really makes sense to me because I have the performance planner, the Brendan Burchard performance planner. And I, I stopped like there was, I was doing it every day. I started doing it for, I think I did it for like at least 30 days straight. But then I started to figure that I was like, I was using it wrong. Like I wasn't, and, and this is probably my error in using it, but I have a sneaky suspicion that most people are using it this way as well Is like, you just start answering the questions to answer them yeah. to get it done rather than actually like contemplating why you're doing it. Right. And like, it is a lot of work. To, if you were to do that every single day, I could see how it could really direct you. And it, it did for the first like 10 or 15 days, I was able to do it really, really directed. But then I started to like, it was almost too much, right? Yeah. Like it was like the same question and I'd have the same answers. Like, who do you want to impact today? It's like, okay, just my patients or like this yeah. person. One. You know, it's like, and then it becomes like, all this stuff you write down, but you don't do, mm-hmm. you know, besides like it did have like, here's the things you have to get done today. I would always follow those and I'd follow my schedule. But a lot of it was like, it was stuff that I just found myself like putting in the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I would have almost liked if each day was a little bit different, maybe a little bit less, maybe we'll create our own. But if it was a little bit less and the questions were different to keep them, like you said, fresh in your mind or like a little bit new in your mind, but like keep the the answers fresh rather than like this exact same thing you do every day. Right. It's like, yeah, it's good to write down your goals every day. But at the same time, like that just becomes an automatic, like rhythmic thing and how rhythmic do you want that to be? Just like gratitude. It's like, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my house. It's like if, if all you're doing is that every day and it's just like, Oh, I'm scrambling to write it down because I want to be done with this. Yeah. Like how much benefit does that actually really have? Yeah. And that's what I've been thinking about with the performance planner myself is like on really challenging days, I'll use it now. But on non-challenging days, I'm like, I just want to write, I still want to write some stuff down. Like I want to write down like what I need to do today and, yeah. and like my schedule. But that's going to change. Yeah, exactly. But otherwise like, like I don't want to write down like this 15 step thing every single day, because then I'm not really genuine about it. Yeah. And that's such a good thing that you said, uh, because that's what it, that's what it talked about is using that gratitude. They found it helped more when people brought it out in times of need versus every single day. 
Um, but even like like they showed uh, acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. They showed some people would do like I'm going to do five acts today versus like I'm going to, you know, give money to this homeless person every single day. The mm-hmm. same guy, you know, like, yeah, yeah. eventually it's just like, here's what I do. And you it, you don't yeah. even think about it as much anymore. So yeah. I thought that was interesting how uh, how you should definitely look to keep that fresh. But another big thing that it talked about was this pie chart. So they said studies show that 50% of your happiness level is genetic. So that mm-hmm. like, and I kind of, you know, we always talk about like, feel like we kind of are naturally. Yeah. We lucked out for sure. Positive. Um, so 50% of that is genetic. And then 10% is based on your circumstances which probably most people thought was more, which is like how cool your house is and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So p- probably most people thought that would be like a hundred percent. Yeah. But then you have this 40% that is dictated by your daily actions and how you live your life. Yeah. So basically you're 40% in control. Yeah. And that 50% that's genetic can be swayed by those. Gotcha. So basically you have like, like they have like this depressive gene, but it doesn't have to always, be turned on yeah like it doesn't have to be expressed it's just more likely to be expressed so you have to really work on managing your day-to-day activities exactly so you just you have to work 10, harder at you it. said 10 percent is your circumstances mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's pretty low i mean yeah. you know because but it makes sense it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of depressed people that live in really nice houses and drive really nice cars yeah like that it's not really like it's not really correlated you know it's like and then and then they're not taking part in these activities yeah and also maybe not the ones that fit best for them yeah you know because maybe gratitude doesn't mean much to somebody and then they're all they're doing is writing down the things they're grateful for but it like doesn't matter to them yeah um you know i want to jump back real quick to the routine thing too because it was interesting i can't remember where i heard this but it it made me think because this routine thing we were kind of talking about how you know getting in a routine makes things not as special like if you're like how we were saying you know if you write down your gratitude every day it's not as special i was also listening to this thing that's pretty interesting because you know people pitch morning and evening routines which i think is key to get you going but the problem is i think a lot of too many people have too much routine in their life where your life gets monotonous. And, you know, this guy was talking about, you know, people say that, you know, time goes faster as you get older. And it's what his theory was, is that the way your brain is programmed, it's, it's trying to hold information. So like, it's not, you're not going to remember every time you drive to work, if it's the same drive every day, because why would your brain remember a thousand of the exact same drives. So you forget it. Like you get there and you don't remember it. So, so you, you do all these things. Like you go to the same office, you sit in the same chair, you work on the same work, you say, talk to the same people, you drive home, you watch this, you drive on the same route, you get home, you sit at the same table and eat. Like all that stuff is repetitive day to day to day. So your, your brain starts to not hold on to those memories because they're not different enough where your brain goes, Oh, we have to remember this. Um, which is interesting because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Why older people, it starts to get more like time goes faster and faster because they're like the most routine people, right? Like they have like, they're set in their ways. Like that's just a stereotype, right? Like you get the older you get, the more set in your ways you get, Mm -hmm. but that makes your time go faster. So what this guy was talking about, and I think he was, God, who was he on? I can't, I can't remember. And I wish I could give him credit, but he said, 
what he essentially tries to do is three to four times a year, he tries to set an event for himself and his family. Is Jesse Isler? It, it could be. I think it was. And it's like, uh, he called. It's got to shake things up. I can't, but I can't remember. Yeah, and I can't remember what he calls it, but it's like an impact moment yeah. is basically what he plans out every three to four months where he's like, yep. even if it's not something huge, it doesn't need to be something that's super expensive. It just needs to be something that you've never done before. Yep. And that's what creates memories and slows time down. Yeah. And I've realized that like the more that I've had change in my life, like it does seem like time goes slower, like doing new things. And that's why I enjoy what we're doing in business right now because we do different things on a day-to-day basis. But it's like time. Like I always thought I wanted time to go fast, but I, that was when I was younger and I wanted to get through things. But now I want time to go slow and I want to mm. remember everything. Mm. So now I'm like, okay, I have to create these these uh, these impact moments. These you know, like where basically I, you know, every, you know, Eliza and I were talking about. It. It's like if we're gonna go on a trip, we can't just stay at the same place that we did before. Even if we go to the same place, we have to stay completely someplace completely new. Yeah. Otherwise, like I think uh, like I have, together. Fa- I have family members that like, oh, I go to this cabin every summer, but it's like all those memories mixed together and you don't remember it year to year unless something crazy happened. Like, oh, this guy came that year. Oh, that's why you remember it so right. well. Cause that guy, that guy who never shows up, showed up, you yeah. know, it's like, so you've got to create these new moments. And I, I just thought that was interesting. Cause I was thinking about that. I was like, man, that, that's a really cool, like goal to have is like each quarter to do something like, Hey dude, I'm going to learn to like ski. Or I'm going to go learn how to scuba dive this summer. Like something new that brings you out something, you know, like that you've never done. And like, like he says, it doesn't have to be something super extravagant, but like if you just keep on doing the same thing over and over and you go on the same trips and you do the same thing in your day to day, um, you know, variety is, is important to create memories. And if you don't have the variety, it's going to be really hard. And that's the same thing I think about this, this gratitude stuff. If you don't have variety in what you're grateful for and how you like tell it to yourself, it's just not going to stick with you. You're just going to pass it. Like, you know, it's like you don't even think about it. It's just automatic. Just like that drive to work where you're like, you get there and you're like, whoa, look around. You're like, I don't remember driving here at all. Yeah. Like, and just like, you don't want to go through life like that. And it just, that just made me think about that scenario, yeah. which, which is like a cool thing to, to try to do. And that's definitely one of my goals for, for going forward this year too, is like, obviously now with Corona, like it's getting a little bit more challenging <laughs> to, to create one of those impact moments, yeah. but, but we've already been able to do it. Like we've been able to like switch up our routine and maybe Corona itself kind of did it too. You know, it's like, we're always going to remember this time yeah. for good, bad or ugly. Like this is different than it's ever been. Uh, you know, but, um, it's cool. Like to, it's a cool thought to like switch that up. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think about like making things easy is like, or small is like even just going to eat somewhere new. That's the thing too, is like, I, I, like that's what we've been trying to do too, is like go to new places. Cause I remember all these places that we went and then, but yeah. like when I've been to somewhere a thousand times, I'm like, I don't really remember from time to time to time. Like you don't Get remember the same thing. Like yeah. You don't remember going to Mo, like the, all the different times you went to Mod Hell Pizza though. or like to to Evergreens or whatever. But you remember that one time we went to the Christmas party at at the steakhouse there in Boat. Lionhead, yeah, dude. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Remember Lionhead because it's new and it's something fun and like it sparked our brain to go, oh, I got to remember this because this is something different. Yep. Right. But that's like that's the beauty of life. Is like there is so much variety. You just got to be not afraid to like go for it and realize that that's probably going to slow your years down in a good way. And the way I've always thought about it is like, like 
there is good in routine and and making things automatic but you you got to pick those things that would be best suited for that right so like I always think of like what are the things that you don't really like to do but you got to get them done mm-hmm. make those that routine like like if like I don't think you got to remember every stretch that you do every yeah. day yeah. you know those are the things that you should make yeah. that routine and then you know start to explore your day yeah that that actually is a good point because like like, like I don't need to remember every meal prep I do. Like, I just want to work out. Yeah. You want to yeah. get it done and actually forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And not have it slow, slow your day down, but yeah. Th- and then mix up the fun things, have variety. Like if you enjoy going to breweries or going out to eat or watching movies, like change the scenery of where you're like, Oh, I went to a new movie to watch a movie, like a different movie. Don't you know, watch like, the same one. Exactly. Change it up. Like yeah. get, get variety. And I think it's a, it's a, just a cool way to frame your mind and like, plan out and it also like there's something about having something to look forward to too it's not like you know i go back and forth on this because how healthy is it to like oh i always have to look forward to that next thing but it's also fun to plan and and dream and envision like oh yeah like this is the next like impact moment i'm gonna have in my life yeah it's like i want to go do this i want to go this you can check off those bucket list items yeah i want to read these activities and i want you to think about like two or three that that you think would uh sit the highest with you okay so number one is expressing gratitude number two is cultivating optimism um number three Do they give examples of what those are like yeah. what cultivating optimism would be so their activity for that was like and this is this was actually one that stuck most with me but uh it was like every sunday like writing out or taking time to think about what that future, like that, that bright future is for mm-hmm. you. Like, what do you like? Picture yourself in five years at your dream. Yeah. yeah. Taking time to like actually think about that stuff and like yeah. write it out. Um, obviously makes you feel good, mm-hmm. you know? So, but actually doing it. Yep. Um, and then it said over avoiding overthinking and social comparison. Um, Practicing acts of kindness, nurturing social relationships, um, managing stress, hardship, and trauma, developing, oh wait, that wasn't one, developing strategies for coping, learning to forgive, and then increasing flow experiences. So that was kind of like like uh, being in the moment and yeah. enjoying versus forgetting things yeah i like the flow state idea i loved it i love to practice that well and that's what they talked about is like it, it's a skill to find those activities that bring you into flow mm-hmm. right those where you're like oh shit i haven't even looked up for a minute you know like but it's like once you find what that is like do that all the time yep um and then savoring life's joys which is kind of on the same line you know like being in that moment, but taking time to like appreciate it, right? So like, yeah. oh, we're at this new place. This is so cool. Yeah, you know, this food is so. I great. I enjoy the savoring thing. That's actually one thing that Liza does a lot, and she kind of had me start on is like, t- and now it's kind of automatic where like one of us will say it. I'm savoring, and like we'll just pause and mm-hmm. like just look around and like yeah. think about like what we're doing right now. Like, whoa, we're sitting out on a deck that of a house that we purchased eat like drinking good wine and hanging out and it's a beautiful day you know it's like 
you have to take, I like that one. Cause I love taking time to pause and just be like, Whoa, like, look what we're doing. Right. Like, you know, like, like that, those times, like when we were walking in downtown Seattle, like, dude, check, like, look at this. Like, yeah, we're not exactly where we want to be, but dude, we're like just walking around together in downtown Seattle on a Tuesday morning. Like just like meeting. Like, yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. But like, I like that one. I love cultivating optimism. Cause I like to see where I'm going. Not that I'm not happy with where I'm at, but I love to like think about the possibilities of the future of like where this could go. And I think I that's agree. super exciting. Some of the things don't resonate with me as much. Like, honestly, I like, I like practicing gratitude. Like I think it's an important thing, but it doesn't like change a whole lot. Like acts of kindness is, is a good one for me. Like I like to, I like to reach out and like, you know, like donate some money randomly or like see somebody on the streets and go buy them some food. Like I enjoy doing that kind of stuff because yeah, like I, I think that actually brings me like real joy to like know that I'm in, in good circumstances and I can help other people because at the end of the day, that's like, you know, one of my, one of my, my big core values is like making an impact. And you know, like we, that's, that's the other thing I was going to say is like, I like these books that do have actionable steps. And that's like, I sent you that list of, of core values from Brene Brown and I'm like that, like this kind of goes along with that. It's like, cause you can match these up to your core values. You know, these activities kind of match up to that. And like, mm-hmm. if you're like, like my core value is making an impact and what, like that usually is through service, but it's like, you know, that's why that would vibe with me pretty good is cause like at the end of the day, like I got into this to help people out. So like, even if I'm not helping people in PT, I enjoy like being able to share the the wealth and all that stuff and that's why someday you know like that's why i love the charity boot camps that we do so much because i'm like dude like i we're not getting paid for it and like but it's just fun to know that we have the ability to do something that impacts the greater good and services people that are in need and so like that is definitely a, a like a happiness is that what it's called happiness building activities yeah happiness activity yeah yeah the other ones were committing whoa, whoa. committing to your committing to your goals um and then one was practicing religion or spirituality and then the other one was taking care of your body um physically mentally and then just acting like a happy person mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean a lot of those i i also I don't know. I, I thought I looked at a lot of these and I was like, I kind of just already do them. Just, yeah, like, this is how I live my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as like action steps on the next, I mean, I think, uh, definitely figuring out how to live in the present more. And, uh, like you said, I think we do a good job at savoring things and, and that stuff. But, just knowing that it's going to benefit you now makes you kind of want to do it more. Mm -hmm. And I think setting up somewhat of a structure, but also now I'm like, all right, how do I change things up frequently? Yeah. Change it up and then savor, savor when you do. Yeah. You know, like anytime we go, Eliza and I go to a new restaurant, we have good food. We just like sit there and just savor for like, you know, it's like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, but it helps, I think to remember things too. And then it also does help with your happiness because like, it's really easy to just go into one of those situations and not really like take a pause and go look what, where we are and like what we accomplish. It's just like, Oh yeah, this is like just another thing that's happening. It's a really easy pattern to get into, but it's, it's so much better when you just like take time to really appreciate what's going on. And that I think kind of goes into uh, living in the moment as well. You know, it's like enjoying where you're at, but being like, like Ed Milet says, blissfully dissatisfied. 
It's like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be dichotomous. It's not like you either hate where you are. You know, it's like if you, you can like where you are right now in life, but still want to go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, it's like you could like your house that you live in, but still strive to live on the beach because you love the water. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's something that goes together. And I think a lot of people are just like, they want to be somewhere so bad that they can't appreciate where they are right now, which is like somewhere where you're never going to be again. Right. So you like, this is one moment in time that you've got to like capture and really enjoy. Like you and I are probably not going to be doing podcasts in this basement forever. It's like, right. we're going to have a clinic or a gym or whatever. It's going to just happen out of there. We're going to dude, remember the good days when we used to be down in the basement and just like shoot videos out on the deck. Like that was, that was fun. Or like the days that we were just like at your kitchen table, like those were fun. But now it's like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta enjoy the moments, you know, it's like, do we, is this the most optimal place to do a podcast or do our work? No, but it's like, it, it's where we are and I am happy to be here. Yeah. And I think that goes along with where we started with the equipment stuff is like, we were happy on that old laptop with these old mics, Yeah, you know, and when we used to do the double snowballs and we used to do one snowball. Yeah. We did one snowball that, that, that we used podcast. to just do the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, it's gym, literally dude. just been a steady upgrade of things, but it's not that we didn't enjoy podcasting. Like I don't enjoy podcasting anymore. Having this mic no. and having this Apple computer, but people here. think that yeah. that will like, once I got that MacBook and the, oh, nice dude, mic. like I'm going to be able to make such good music and all this stuff. But it's like, Oh dude, work with what you have like if you're you know and if you aren't happy then you won't be happy with this stuff because yeah. you'll realize that it doesn't change but i think if you can find out how to be really really happy with minimal things and like lower level things then you will know how to be really happy with with things and that's where i think like money doesn't buy happiness and like i love the idea that you know money just exposes people for for who they are it makes you more of whatever you are if you're yeah. really really nice and generous you have more money to be generous with if you're really really mean and you're a jerk then you have more money to be a jerk with yeah. so like if if you're if you can figure out where you are and what you want to be at, at the level you are now and then you make a lot of money you're going to be able to handle a lot better um i think as well uh, and you'll just enjoy the ride so much better yeah, a hundred percent. And th- I mean, we've talked about it before. Like that's, what's always fired me up about making a lot of money is not like, man, I can't wait to just be sitting in these cars. And you know, like it was like, I mean, that's going to be cool, but it was like, man, I can't wait to like, we go out to our company dinner like tabs on us. Yeah. You know, sure. like don't even worry about it. Cause yeah. I know how that makes me feel sometimes, you know, when I didn't have a lot of money and people would do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like that, that's a great feeling. Yeah. And that's that impact, man. It's like wanting to make it. That's like, that goes back to my core value of, of wanting to make an impact in any way. And only in a positive way in people's lives. It's like, I want people to remember me for being a really positive person that is super generous and kind and, 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 uh, you know, generous with my time. And so that's, that's kind of like where I, where I am now. And I, and I've always said like, I'm not going to change no matter where I go. Um, because that is definitely a core value of mine. That and growth. Like those are my two core values is make an impact and grow. Always be growing. So it's like the, the good thing is those tie together, you know, and, and we're on the ride of, of making a huge impact in people's lives. And we're also making daily, weekly, monthly, yearly growth. That's pretty, that's pretty cool to see. So 100%. And yeah. more and more I realize how important, like I think core values 
and like having that that code that you live by right is is makes, makes life easier makes life better because decisions are like does this help me make an impact does this help me grow no yeah I don't need it. And that's why, and, and it's a good exercise to do because it's like you think you know your core values until you look at a sheet of 50 of them and you want to choose all of them. And you're like, oh, all these are important to me. But we have to really figure out is like, at first I said service. When I, I thought mine was making an impact. No, yours was making, yeah, making a difference. I just said impact is oh, mine. Because uh, at first I said service. Oh, okay. And I said. I said making a difference. Yeah, making yeah. a difference. That was yours. And, and then your other core value that you had said was optimism. Yeah. But I said, you know, my my number one was was growth because I literally just have this unrelenting desire to grow in everything, financially, knowledge wise, like uh, yeah. you know, in my relationship, all that stuff. Like I want to grow my knowledge, um, and one of the core values is knowledge. But I'm like, it's not really the knowledge that I want; it's the growth of the knowledge, and that's yeah. what you have to be able to think about when you think about your core values. Because yeah. like a lot of those vibe with me. Like, yeah, like the knowledge is great, but that's not like, I don't just like, I'm not in like, that's the same reason I'm not getting a bunch of degrees. Like I, I just want to learn. I just want to grow in different ways and I don't need to spend a bunch of money on it. But that's like when I first told you my other core value service, I was like, that's, that's like my, my core value. But then I was like, you know what? It's not just service. Cause it's not just like physical therapy or whatever. It's like, I want to make a positive impact on people's lives, yeah. the kids that we talk to or whatever. So like, to me, then I was like, okay, through service, I make an impact or yeah. through kindness, I make an impact because kindness is a core value of mine, yeah. except it's, it's driven off of impact, right? Like it yeah. all comes back to that core value. So it's an interesting practice to have to narrow down to two. And I think she, Brene Brown was saying like something like the, the most successful people can narrow down their core values to like two things like they because if you have 10 it's really easy to be like oh yeah this is my core value and this is my core value covers, and this is my covers core value. everything but it's like if you could just have two things like this is where i tie every single thing to and if i do something it has to tie to one of these two things yeah. like that's what the most successful people in the world do like yeah. and so now and it's important to sit down and just take time like it took me a while i just sat in silence driving in my car trying to think about this stuff like really think about it because i want to know like if anything I do in my life, it has to tie to impact, making an impact or growth. If it doesn't, it's a waste of time. Yeah. That, that's so funny though. Cause, uh, man, I'm sure everyone listening to this has read something that is like some exercise like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know I've, I've read things like that, like million of them. And the second that it, you're like, I wonder what the answer is. It gets hard for like two seconds. You're like, eh, I'll do it later. Yeah. Man, how many times have you done that? Be like, nah, I'm not going to do this right now because yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. And you don't, I think it's also, you're, you're somewhat like uncertain sometimes. Like, is this, is it this one? Is mm -hmm. it that one? But I think at some point it's just like you develop that answer and that like just kind of becomes that, that code. And what's funny is like, I think my core value drives me to do things like that that are hard because i know in the hard things come growth yeah and that's why now i'm obsessed with like 
doing things that are hard. Like that would bugged me. I was like between patients. It probably took me, I was probably driving in the car for three hours just like trying to figure out one core value. And it just, when I, when I said service, it didn't sit with me. Right. So I just turned yeah. off the podcast and like, just, or turned off the book. And I just sat there like trying to think like, why, why is that not right? Like, you know, what's what, funny what, is when you said, when you sent me that, I was like, eh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> not that you don't want to serve, but I was just like, yeah. I feel like there's other ones yeah, yeah. when you sent me that. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the growth, I was like, I would have, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. In, in yeah. You. Yeah. And, and like for Eliza, it was, uh, it was family and growth. I'm like, yeah. And, but that really ties into what, and I think it's, it's important to also know what the core values are of the people that you're immediately around as well. Cause then you can kind of understand from their frame, like what their, what their core values are and why they're making the decisions that they make. Like I can understand really well why Eliza makes the decisions she makes because one of her core values is family. And I know it is because that's always been a strong thing for her. So I have to understand that. And not that family's not, and that's the thing is like people want to say like, just because it's not one of your core values doesn't mean it's not important to you. Like I could say, you know, impact having a family. I want to impact my family. I want to impact my kids. You know, it's like you could have, you could still like family and not have it as your core, core value. But it's like the two things that drive me in my life are are making an impact. Like I want to leave this world with a better like it sounds cliche, but I want to leave it in a better place than I than I came into it. And I want to make an impact on as many people while I'm here as I possibly can. Yeah. And I can do that through growth. And I know that, you know, so like and that's one of the things that drove me to doing this. Like that's why I'm, I'll read any book and I'll do the exercise in there. Cause I'm like, dude, if some growth can come out of it. Like now I understand myself a little bit better. Like I understand my core values a little bit better, which helped me grow in my own person, you know, within myself. Man. And and that's what it's all about too is, uh, and I mean, I I feel the same as far as like, I always, that's why making a difference stood out to me because a lot of, I find myself like interested in things and very uninterested in certain things because in my head I'm like, does this really make a difference? Yeah. You know? And, and if it doesn't, like I just almost can't get, that's why I was so unhappy mm-hmm. in the, my old job. Right. Yeah. Cause I was like, does this make a difference in the world? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. And I couldn't tie it. And then like, that's why all the stuff we do sticks out to me so much is cause like it makes a di- Like it literally changes that person. You know, yeah. it's interesting too. Cause like impact was on the list. I don't know if you would have selected it if it was, but like make a difference is very subtly different than making an impact somehow. And I don't know how to explain it, but I like, you know, like, cause like, I think that is what you're driven by is like making an actual difference. And, and it sounds dumb. I don't know how to explain it, but it just seems a little bit different to me, which is cool. Cause I'm like, see it. it, you know, making it, I can see how you know, like your whole thing is driven by making a difference. And you've made a lot of hard decisions in your life based on the fact that you want to make a difference and not like waste time and, and all that stuff. It's like, and, and obviously you're driven by optimism and being able to, you know, make the best out of a situation. But, and I think it's good for me to understand where you're coming from. And, and it's good because we have very similar value core values, which is, I think why this works so well. Like both of our goals are aligned. Like, you know, if, if, if my core value was finance and yours was like, like service, service or like, um, charity, we might be like really butting heads on things because you're like, oh, we should be a nonprofit. And I'd be like, well, no, we should be pro. You know, it's yeah. you, so if you're going to go into business with someone or if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, you've got to have similar core values. Like growth ties Eliza and I together very strongly. Yeah. 
and like obviously family ties us together as well um and then you know she's just there because she's her core values family she's there to support me in my mission of making an impact but like you know if you have i know people that have like that are either dating someone or you know whatever like your spouse is very religious and you're not or like you know they like fitness and you don't like those become like clashing points for people and so i think like if you know at least if you know what their core values are like the people around you you can understand why you know because sometimes like someone will make a decision i'm like oh why would you do that but i'm like it's because the decision they made doesn't go towards my core values it goes towards their core values yeah. so if i know what their core values are i know oh i know exactly why you made that decision yeah like why you turned down that job to be closer to family because right. that's your core value i used to never get that yep. you know I, and i think i used to always be like or people still dude that makes so much money I you know, know it's like dude yeah. They don't give a shit, you know, yeah, exactly. like, what they really got out of it was so much different. Exactly. And that's why, like, that's what's cool about us. We're not really chasing money. And the, like, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, like I could be, I could, with my skills, I could be in a lot of different careers that pay me a lot more than I'm getting paid right now. But it's like, that's not my, that's not my core value is not dry, is not driven by, you know, finance completely, you know? Yeah. And you, know, you said something earlier about like just being able to figure yourself out more. And uh, I've heard it before, but I realize it more and more is like some people would say like that's really like the the whole goal here is like to consistently work to unlock yourself. Yeah. You know, like like I think everyone I think that's the big struggle for so many people is they don't know anything about themselves. Yeah. That's the worst place to be. And I, I remember feeling that way. And so like every step that you can Dude, take, that's such hard work. It is, and that's why no one's doing it. I know, because, like, when you start to go down that rabbit hole of, like, because no one wants to lock themselves in a box. Like, no one wants to go, oh, like, I can only choose two of these. Like, ambition, that's a nice one. Like, you know, it's whatever. Excellence, oh, that's a nice one. But it's like, do I really care about being excellent? No, I care about making an impact. Do you have to be excellent to make an impact? Maybe, maybe not. And a lot of times, yes, but not all the time. You know, it's like. I see, like. Like Michael Jordan yeah. as like that, you yeah. know, and it's like, like win at all costs kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Where I'm not, I'm not willing to win at all costs. No. Like I will not bury someone else so that I can win. Right. And one of my, you know, like, uh, like Pete, Pete Carroll, he talks about his core value is uh, competition and you can see it. Like he's always, he like his thing is compete. Like that's mm-hmm. what his thing is. And he's solidified. He's so solid. He only has, seems like one core value essentially. Besides, like, you know, maybe family is his other one or whatever it is. But his one thing is compete, and he's dedicated his entire career to it. And that's when people, you know, make it to that next level is when they go all in on whatever their core value is and they, they know what it is. But that's such hard work because going introspective is, is tough, going inside yourself and figuring out, like, what am I motivated by? Like, that takes a lot of thought in silence. Like, I had to drive around. I couldn't be listening to anything. I had to, like – and it's like – it's kind of uncomfortable when you're trying to like figure out or like what, what, how am I emotionally? Why, like, why am I so reactive? Or like, you know, it's like trying to think about like why you're the way you are in certain situations is tough. I think people don't want some of the answers. They don't want to uncover some of the answers that they're going to find because, well, they'll, I feel like they'll also see like, maybe they're not on the route that they should be on, you know, like, like when you realize what's really important to you and then you realize I've gone 10 years in that complete opposite direction, yeah. you don't want to feel that way. And it's, and that is tough. But I think like Gary Vee always says, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are or whatever. You can still t- 
turn things around and then live. It's better than being miserable for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. than being having a tough three years and then being happy. Yeah. You know, I just think people just aren't able to see that. So they don't want to even look at this. They'd rather signal like, like I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, I was like, okay. So, so like, what do you like, what do you even want to do? You know, like, what is your goal with all this? And they're just like, I don't know. And like completely changes the subject. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's, that's tough. You know, that, that you feel that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to think about because I think that's also where you do find the most happiness is when, when everything's kind of in harmony and you go, everything I'm doing in my life goes towards like my passions, my core values and all this stuff. It's like, it, you just feel that flow. You get in that flow state like more a, often and everything kind of calms down and like, you don't yeah. have so much stress in your life. Cause like, I mean, I could see if, if I was in like a really high pressure sales job, like I don't selling something I don't believe in selling fit tea. That would be stressful. I, like, that would be very against my core values and it wouldn't be worth it to me. I'm not making an impact on people and I'm not having any growth. It's just like, um, even if you were making money. So it'd just be ripping me apart on a day to day basis. It's like, what can you do? Can you get yourself into a position that can maximize your ability to not have that like inter turbulence, like that, you know, that turbulence within yourself. That's, that's like, that's a, that was the toughest thing to explain. I mean, it wasn't that tough, but working in the corporate job, you know, it was like, it wasn't like they're making me do all these shitty things. It was, it was that inner feeling, yeah. that inner resistance. Like being unsettled, like that you're yeah. not at the right spot. Like you have to like deal with that every day. Like that's stressful. Yeah, it is. You know, it's and a it, weird build, it builds up on you, man. I mean, like you, you look at the people who live in these blue zones and it seems like stress is probably the lowest, the, the or the highest common denominator by, between people who live the longest and live the happy, like report living the happiest lives. Right. And I think you don't necessarily reduce stress by having a really easy job and like doing like not or not working and just like sitting around your house. That's not yeah. necessarily what it is. It's like working in the area of your passion is how you create the least amount of stress. Because like at the end of the day, like a lot of things can happen. Like the world is kind of melting down around our business, around the fitness industry and all this stuff. And like I have like a strange inner con like I'm not worried about it. I'm right. I know that I like I'm doing what I love to do. So it, it really doesn't matter what happens around this. Like yeah. and luckily I don't have to worry too much financially right now. Um but you know, it's like still like I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm in the right place. Like I'm doing what I what I'm meant to do. I, and it, you know, it just feel, I think there's another even level to it when you feel like you're in control of your own destiny and you feel like you're in control of your own growth and your own, uh, your own like impact, because like I could work for a company and they could want me to impact people in a very different way than how I want to impact people. Yep. And that's what I ran into my last job is like, it's not like I wasn't making impact. It's not like I wasn't growing. I just wasn't growing in the ways that I wanted to be growing necessarily. Um, and I wasn't impacting people in the way I wanted to impact people. Right. And that's right. like where, when you take that control over also, you get this other sense of like freedom and calm where you're just like, dude, I get to choose the route I take. You know, it's all on me now. And again, you know, that that's a tough feeling. It's not like this, like it's just a, a overarching feeling all day, mm-hmm. you know, where you just kind of have that um, at ease. And it's funny in the book, they also said one thing that, they describe most the the happiest people is they typically had this mission yeah that they felt like they're always going after so it wasn't like 
like you said, that they lived this easy life. It was they had this thing that there was guiding them. Yeah. And I think that has made things easier too. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Cause like you're, you know, you're, uh, some people's, you know, core, core value might be safety or security or, um, you know, stability. So, you know, the controlling your own destiny might, might not be your, might not make you happy. So having someone else control what's going on in your life, but having stability through that could be, Right. So it's, it's interesting how all these, how all these core values play into, right. Into like how you should set up your life. Well, like, that's funny. Cause like, like job security is one of them. And at one point, you know, I, I feel like we were both kind of always like, gotta be an entrepreneur. You know, yeah. we felt that way. But after a while you're like, man, this is not for everybody. No, it's definitely not for everybody. Cause like I could see how a lot of people like that have certain personality traits wouldn't, wouldn't make it in this. And it's not like we're better than anyone else for doing it. I'm like, dude, kudos on you for being able to climb the corporate ladder. Like that's something that I couldn't do. Because, and follow like, your that's core not, Yeah, exactly. not something that, that I want to do. But um, yeah, like I just, I think it's, I think this would be a cool exercise for all of you guys out there. Look up the, uh, the dare to lead. Brene Brown list of values and there's a lot of them out there and then try to whittle yourself down to two and just figure out what you're about. Try to try to, and then go from there, build out, build out your life. I, I'm interested if you listen to this podcast, comment on a post of mine or Mitch's comment, your two uh, values. We would love to hear what they are. Um, and then, you know, figure out how we can support you in your core values. Cause that's at the end of the day is, is what you want, right? Is you want people that are around you that will support you in your, in your core values and your mission. So, yeah. And I think once you start living by those, those people, you'll kind of automatically like Surround some people will yeah. leave yeah, <laughs> cause they'll be like, yeah. I don't like this shit, you know? And then the other people will kind of come, come gravitate towards you, exactly. which, which will be a great thing. Exactly. Yep. So cool. All right. Appreciate you guys listening. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. Later.